Hey, Anna, remember that time the gay witch-hunting king of England commissioned the English Bible? historical podcast. I'm your host, Anna Webb. And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all of their favorite moments in history. And hello, everyone. For you, it's been 2020 for a while, but for us, it's been like a month since we've recorded this podcast. Yeah, this is our first recording in 2020. Yes. I I don't remember how to do this. Yeah, it's been a minute or two. Yes. Should we start with our tried and true drink update? Sure. Um, I'm having a glass of red wine. Nice. Because I'm just like baking and like being cozy this evening. Love that. Love that for you. I'm drinking water. (laughs) And not only am I drinking water, I'm drinking water out of two different water bottles currently. Why? Because (laughs) I take one to school with me and... I have a little bit of water left in it, and then the other night, I filled up a different one, and there's still water left in that, and I haven't refilled either of them, so I'm just drinking water out of... Like, when I finish one, I'm just going to get back into the other one. Well, you could just combine them into one. But I just have not done... Like, I've not stopped since I got home from school, so that has not happened yet. Okay. I'm a mess. Everything's fine. I mean, hey, I get it. (laughs) i'm constantly a mess you don't have to tell me oh sorry somebody's making an absurd amount of noise because i live in a dorm (laughs) love it anyway uh this week we're gonna talk about king james who is king james the sixth and also the first right right which we will talk about um i'm very excited he's a very strange man (laughs) He's a very strange man. He's a weirdo. He, I, like, he is an enigma. And I feel, I feel like, like that's kind of the only way I can properly describe him. The thing about King James, I feel like, is all of these things that we relate to him, any other person, it would be like one of those things. Yes. But for him, it's several things it's that all he's of the known things. for. Yes. Yeah, it's very... Um, it's a lot to keep track of. Uh huh. And not only was he a strange man, he also led a very strange life. Yes. So it's just like, I don't know. Everything about him is just like, huh. It just makes you go, huh. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So let's talk about James and his weird, weird life. James is born on June 19th, 1566, to Mary, Queen of Scots, who we've talked about a little bit before. Mm-hmm. And her second husband, Henry Stewart, uh, and he's born at Edinburgh Castle. He is their only son, and he's the heir apparent of Scotland. See, already. Already. Dramatic beginnings, because Mary, Queen of Scots' life was also very dramatic. Yes, I was about to say, it will only get more dramatic from here. His right. first like year of life is buck wild. <laughs> yeah, well, look at who his mother was. Her yeah. whole life was buck wild. Yeah. So he is baptized as James Charles on December 17th, 1566. His godparents are King Charles the 11th of France. It might be 9th and I might have typed it wrong. 
I was in a weird, I was very tired when I was typing these notes. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Um, And his other godparent is Queen Elizabeth I of England. Which is also wild Mm -hmm. because Queen Elizabeth I is kind of the one who has his mom killed. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. So he and Elizabeth are actually distantly related. Well, yeah. So both of James's parents are great-grandchildren of Henry VII through Margaret Tudor, who is Henry VIII's oldest sister. And Henry VIII is Elizabeth's father. Father. So we're already, like, a lot is happening. Classic royal lineage right here. For real. For real. So on February 10th, 1567, James's father is murdered. Sure. Probably as revenge for his involvement in the murder of mary's private private secretary sure so we're like what a turbulent time to get born (laughs) (laughs) on may 15th mary remarries to james hepburn who is suspected of being involved in the murder of henry stewart oh my god i'm gonna have to do an episode on mary yes all of this is Whew. And this is just a portion of her life, which was also nuts. Yeah. In June of 1567, Mary is arrested and imprisoned by Protestant rebels. She is forced to abdicate to James on July 24th. And James is just over a year old. So he has had the most ridiculous first year of life and then became and king. king of a country. <laughs> so that's fun for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary's half-brother, James Stewart, who is the Earl of Moray, is appointed as regent. And I'm just going to call him Moray from now on, because that's what they do with all of these. Yes. Earl of, Duke of, whatever. Their title becomes what you refer to them. Their title becomes their name, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. basically. So, George Buchanan is appointed as James's tutor. I read this... The Wikipedia of his life is incredibly detailed and also has some just, like, bomb quotes. So I felt... I have read that entry before, just, like, for casual reading. Uh Uh-huh. And it took a while. Took a long time. (laughs) Um, So here's a quote about James's tutor (laughs) that I find amusing. As the young king's senior tutor, Buchanan subjected James to regular beatings, but also instilled in him a lifelong passion for literature and learning. What are you saying? That is nothing. (laughs) That is nothing. (laughs) Also, Buchanan sought to turn James into a God-fearing Protestant king who accepted the limitations of monarchy. No. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he succeeded. Well, in half of it, not in the other half of it. The God-fearing part. The God-fearing part, for sure. Also, is this man's name Buchanan or Buchanan? I don't know. I don't know. All right. I just wanted to put it out there. Fucking the last dose. I don't want people being like, you said it wrong. We don't know. We don't know. It's not that serious. (laughs) So in 1568, Mary escapes her imprisonment. Right. Moray, who I will remind you is her half brother, <laughs> defeats her forces and she is forced to flee to England. And shortly thereafter, Elizabeth imprisons her for several years. Uh-huh. We'll come back to that in a little bit. 
Over the next several years, the regency changes from Moray to the earls of Lennox and then Mar and then Morton. Sure. Because they all die for some reason or the other. Running right through the gauntlet. Yeah. Moray gets murdered, I think, and then one of them gets sick. I don't know. Too much happened. (laughs) (laughs) Morton loses power when Esme Stewart establishes himself as one of James's favorites, which we will return to later. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Morton gets... Morton gets belatedly charged with involvement in the murder of James's father, which was very complicated. It was too much to put. This is going to be the story of James's life is that it was like very complicated and way too much to just summarize. Um, When James turns 15, he assumes personal rule and he great great age to become a king. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he makes. Esme Stewart, who this is the name I have spelled incorrectly in the notes, um, he makes Stewart the Duke of Lennox. And this dude was like a grown man. And James was 15. I can't remember uh-huh. how old he was, but he was fully grown, a fully grown uh-huh. man. Uh-huh. So just to, just for you to think about. <laughs> just keep that uh, front of the mind. Yes. Here is yet again another quote from Wikipedia because I just think it was... Well written. Mm-hmm. Lennox was a Protestant convert, but he was distrusted by Scottish Calvinists who noticed the physical dis- displays of affection between him and the king and alleged that Lennox, quote, went about to draw the king to carnal lust. So, yikes. Mm. I also read that, like, Lennox used to be a Roman Catholic, and people thought he was trying to, like, help Mary out, so it was a whole, nobody trusted him. Well, okay, here's my thing. I don't care, like, what the king is into, whatever. (laughs) Who who cares? My problem is that he was, this person was a grown man. Grown man. Grown man. A full adult. Not acceptable. Not acceptable. Very bad. All of it is bad. Oh. So, as much as I don't love agreeing with Scottish Calvinists, uh, they were a little bit right here. Not so much with the homophobia, but with the, uh, you know, luring a kid. Not with the homophobia, but with the pedophilia. Yeah, the the pedophilia. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Oh, yikes. Big yikes. Big yikes. On a lot of levels. In August of 1582, in what became known as the Ruthven Raid, the Protestant earls of Gowrie and Angus lured James into Ruthven Castle, imprisoned him, and forced Lennox to leave Scotland. Good riddance. So they just kidnapped James until he was like... I guess he has to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, again, I don't condone the kidnapping, but no. the dude needed to go. So this kidnapping was not an attempt on James's life. However, there were, after this event, many, 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 many yeah. attempts on James's life to the point where I couldn't write them all in here. So yeah. I just didn't. So I just wanted to mention... That for the rest of he his was, life, he people try to assassinate him constantly, like constantly. Yeah, he was a, 
He was a very paranoid man. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of respects, he had no right to be. But in that particular respect, he, he definitely did. Because people yeah. tried to kill him a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So James spends the next few years of his reign trying to create a good relationship with England. Because Elizabeth has no children, so James is due to secede her. Like, he he is essentially the next in line. Unless yeah, she is. had decided to put somebody else on the throne, it, but it made more sense for it to be James. Well, I also think, okay, we could get into a lot of stuff about Elizabeth and Mary with this. Yes, we could. But- to me, that was also calculated by Elizabeth. Definitely. Like, in what I've learned about the whole situation, I would say this was Elizabeth's preference. For sure. And a big part of her getting rid of Mary was so that Mary wouldn't take the throne, but she could mold James into what she wanted him to be because she didn't plan on having any children or getting married. Yep. Which was also a whole, a big thing through James's life is that he like... I'm sure this is true for a lot of, like, royal children, but he didn't really ever, ever get to form his own ideals. (laughs) He was so often when he was young molded by so many people. So, like, he had that tutor who, like, beat him into being afraid of God. And then he was being manipulated by this older man. And then Elizabeth got in there and was like, hmm, you should be like this so that you can have England, too. And, like, it took him a really long time to get out of any of that. And I don't think he ever fully did. But you're right that that's pretty much true for all. Yeah, but his his, in his sort of position. His was just so drastic because it jumped from person to person with such different ideas that it was yeah. just like wild. I think a good like antithesis of him is Queen Victoria. Yeah, because she was very young and she also had a lot of outside influences, but she was very much determined to do it the way she thought was right. And I will definitely do an episode on her because she's amazing. But I think it's interesting to think about like the contrast between the two of them and how they were brought up. Yeah, for sure. So in, (laughs) I had to find where I was. I got you. (laughs) In 1586, James signs the Treaty of Berwick, which is a peace treaty between Scotland and England. And it is essentially the thing that will end up being like, And now James is chill to be the next person in charge, you know? (laughs) Right. And also probably at the start of a lot of uh, Scotland's problems. (laughs) (laughs) If we're honest. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So James's mother, Mary, Queen of Scots, is executed on February 8th, 1586. So like... Seven. 87. Wow. Yes. Very tired. Um, So that's the end of that part of his life. (laughs) Except for it's not because he has he has issues for the rest of his life because of the nature of his mother and all of that. Mm -hmm. Really did something to him. That's to be expected. Yes. Uh, Time for another excellent quote that made me laugh really hard. Okay. Throughout his youth, James was praised for his chastity since he showed interest in women. After the loss of Lennox, he continued to prefer male company. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling me that. <laughs> what a chaste young man. <laughs> it's so, this is like, so funny to me. This is like the old English version of Gal Pals. <laughs> I'm 
your gal pals. Oh my god, they were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> yeah. Gal pals. Wow, you are right. <laughs> Oof. Okay, so despite that fact, a uh, marriage is soon arranged between James and Anne of Denmark, who is Frederick II's daughter. Gotta solidify that power. Yes. Fun fact, Frederick II probably had some male lovers. A weird thing I knew about him. I was taking my notes and I went, wait a second, wasn't he also gay? Yeah. And I was right. (laughs) So a proxy wedding occurs in August of 1589. Anne sails to Scotland, but storms force her to land in Norway. They just like disrupt the course of the boat. Um... (laughs) Here's another good quote. On hearing that the crossing had been abandoned, James sailed from Leith with a 300 strong retinue. Wow. Wow. I couldn't see read the word retinue. That's fine. Eh. Um, To fetch Anne personally (laughs) in what historian David Harris Wilson called, quote, the one romantic episode of his life. (laughs) Spectacular. The one romantic episode of his life. Wow. And and it probably wasn't even that romantic. It was more that he was trying to be like valiant or Uh-huh. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Uh they are officially married in Oslo on November twenty-third. Um, this is I'm just gonna do a little aside about Anne and their children because she is not that huge of a part of his life. And only one of his children really is. So um, Anne and James have three children. Their first, Henry, dies of typhoid fever at the age 18 in 1612. Their daughter, Elizabeth, becomes queen of Bohemia, which is good for her. Which is a fallacy in your head. (laughs) Thank you for the reference. Got you, got you. (laughs) Um, Their second son, Charles, becomes James secession after henry dies uh and anne dies in march of 1619 she dies before james but she was around for most of his life and most of his rule it's just that he um was wild and also probably gay so you know you have to think that she almost certainly knew oh for sure because he was not very subtle no he wasn't and she probably just was content with letting him do his own thing i mean what does she have to lose yeah nothing and because he's not gonna leave her for a man because he mm -hmm. can't do that at this time yeah and she already has her position and she's Mm -hmm. got kids boys so and all all accounts say that they had a pretty good relationship they were like happy together they were nice to each other like they didn't seem to have any problems all right time to get into my favorite part about james's life the fact that he was really deep into witches he was so in 1590 james attends the north berwick witch trials which were the first major witch trials in scotland and his eyes lit up like the 4th of July. He had actually um, gone to Denmark, which there were a lot of witch trials also in Denmark, and learned about them. And he was like, that's what got him, like, thinking. And then he went to this and he was like, oh, Wow, buddy. we can do it too. Yeah. Um, Yikes. 
The accused witches were suspected of creating the storms that forced oh Anne's departure to Norway and destroyed oh one of God. James' ships, which is why he was there in the first place, because they were like, you did it. Weather has never happened before. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> 70 people were arrested, tried, and some were killed. I, I couldn't find an exact number of, of if that was all 70 or if it was only some of them. During this trial, like, he decided to get really into the interrogation by which i mean torture of these people um and there was one woman who was like not tolerating any of his nonsense and like told him things about his wedding night that only he could know and after he figured out that like witches could do that that was it he got obsessed he, oh my like, god was it the doctor <laughs> oh, oh god there's if you watch a doctor really who good, you'll get that reference <laughs> really good doctor who episode with king james <laughs> yeah and alan cummings plays him and he's so good <laughs> he's fantastic I just love him anyway. yeah <laughs> um so like after he learned that like oh my god a witch could know this about me and my life he got obsessed and he like had to know everything about it or someone could have told them yeah <laughs> what a thought what a thought so this event was the beginning of his obsession, and he believes that the study of witchcraft is essentially a branch of theology. Like, it's an extension of studying religion to him. I mean, I can see the connection. Yes, I, I don't know if I would call it theology. No, I, <laughs> but I, I mean, I the, definitely yeah. would not. But, but I can <laughs> see where they, the, what the connection is. Sure. In 1597... He became the only mon- monarch in history to publish a treatise on witchcraft. Treatise. Treatise, yeah. He's also the only one who cared enough. <laughs> that is true. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, demonology, or perhaps daemonology, depends on... Yeah. You know, the old English spelling, is a, quote, philosophical... Ph- nope. <laughs> philosophical... Philosophical? Philosophical. <laughs> I need to go to bed. Wait, all right, run it back. Philosophical. There we go. <laughs> dissertation on contemporary necromancy Got that and the historical relationships between the various methods of divination used from ancient black magic. It also, <sighs> uh, he also wrote about um, like werewolves and vampires. Of course he did. In this, which I find fantastic. Incredible. In. Incredible. Yes, for sure. So this book is the source material for Macbeth. The like and so it shows much of what Shakespeare did in Macbeth comes from this. Like he said it in Scotland for a reason. <laughs> I mean, it's, let's yeah. be honest. An an honest re- reading of Macbeth sees Shakespeare really making fun of King James oh, and it time. going directly big over time. King James's. Yes, because this is another thing about King James that I did not write a whole lot about was that like he was really deep into like patronizing the arts and literature and stuff because he thought that he was a very accomplished writer. He was just okay. Um, He was. uh, Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, So he he, like saw himself as a literary mind. You know what I mean? So he. Yeah. There's (sighs) no way that that wasn't. Fully making fun of King James. <laughs> oh, for sure. It like, definitely no was. And it's great. It's excellent. So a large reason for his obsession with with, with witchcraft is because he hates women. Shocking. Like, 
big time because he has this whole hatred for his mom for never being around when he was a child and then he grew up around a bunch of men who told him that like men were the only thing in the world that was worth it i mean like this was a huge part of his life god you know forget the fact that his mother was you know kidnapped and beheaded but she wasn't there for me yeah yeah she wasn't there for me and therefore all women are evil that's what i hear yeah out of him Um, So in his writings, he perpetuates the idea that most witches are women because they are weak and more susceptible to temptation from the devil, which he is not the only one that wrote that, but he did a lot of writing about witches and he wrote a lot about that. It's so ironic to me, this whole, they're susceptible. It's like Mm -hmm. you're literally buying into mass hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Um, So later when he commissions the... Uh, English language Bible, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit. He has all references to witches be rewritten with female female names and pronouns. I have so many opinions about this. F- like fully. This is an entirely different discussion. Yes, I won't get into it. But oh, yes. oh is right. Ugh. I have other opinions about the King James Bible that are similar. <laughs> uh, they relate back to this. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, if you could see my head in my hands right now. It's like <laughs> stressing me out. Okay. So in 1598, James publishes The True Law of Free Monarchies. Here we go. In this work, he writes about the divine right of kings, which is basically the idea that like kings are chosen by God and they're higher mm-hmm. than everyone else and they're closer to God and that's why they're kings. The higher the hair, baby. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> um, he also writes about the absolutist theory of monarchy, which basically just says that because the king is closest to God, he has all authority to create new laws right like no checks no checks yeah. or balances god has told the king this is what god wants to see in the world so the king is able to make those decisions so that whole thing about the limitations of the monarchy really didn't stick <laughs> yeah yeah or it stuck so much that he felt compelled to fully overcorrect <laughs> that's where his teenage rebellion came in in yeah. his 20s <laughs> Yeah. So all of this so far has been his life in rule in Scotland. On March 24th, 1603, Elizabeth dies. And then later that day, James is proclaimed king in England. So he is now James the 6th of Scotland. Scotland. And James the The 1st of England and Ireland. Right. Yeah. He arrives in London on May 7th. Um, he promises that he will return to Edinburgh every three years, but he doesn't keep that promise. I don't think he goes very back very much for like the rest of his life, maybe a handful of times. Poor Scotland. Poor Scotland. Um, his, and his coronation occurs on July 25th. So one of his first successes as king in England was ending England's war with Spain in 1604. Also okay. in 1604, this Pick one in the pro column. Yes. Now. And this whole thing about him and Spain is going to come back. They have a weird, weird yeah. relationship, those well, two countries, while he's in for charge. For a long time. I mean, they already had a weird relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it just, like, gets more exacerbated after he takes the throne. Yeah. And just, like, more petty. Yes. Yeah, Because now that. it's all, like, we're kind of friends. I don't know. It's a lot. Very that. Uh, also in 1604, James commissions a new English translation of the Bible because he's having all these issues with the Puritans and they're wanting him to do all this stuff and enforce all these laws. And they're having like in- little inward squabbles because they're all using different translations of the Bible. So he just they request that he just commissions uh, one translation that is like the king's translation of the Bible. And it's the first English transition of the, translation of the Bible. Uh, so the authorized King James Version is completed in 1611. Ugh. And people still read it. 1611. People still read that version. I know you know the story, but I need to tell it on the podcast. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> so we have this friend that I went to high school with who used to work in the like Christian bookstore in the town over from ours. And one day somebody came in and was looking for the KJV or was looking for a Bible and like wanted a recommendation or something. I don't remember the whole backstory. And so our friend was like trying to help them and said something along the lines of like, I probably wouldn't recommend the the King James Version because, you know, there are some mistranslations and that kind of thing. And this person said to our friend out loud the words, young man. If the King James Version is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. It's so funny. Which is the most absurd thing. It's so stupid. For so many reasons. If it was good enough for Jesus. Well, no. What? Jesus is in it. He didn't read it. 1611. 1611, my friend. It was published in 1611. So silly. (sighs) Yes, so there are a lot of issues with the King James Version, but it is recognized as one of the most, like, it's like a premier example of Jacobean prose. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really beautifully written, and it uses really beautiful language, but, like, as a translation of the Bible, some issues. It's a bad translation. Yeah, yeah. Some issues. Not good. (laughs) Um... Back at his whole witchcraft thing, shortly after he takes the throne, James implements uh, new and more harsh statutes on witchcraft. Shocking. So, like, England has had some history of some witch trials, but they had, like, mostly gone away by Elizabeth's time. And then James was like, bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) I I need me more of these witch trials. Oh, my God. There's another thing I'll do an episode on sometime. It's just all the witch trials. Oh, yeah. The ones in Scotland are wild. Yeah. So another task that James tries to accomplish pretty early in his reign is to unite the crowns of Scotland and England. Because he's king of two different countries currently. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for him. Well, technically three different countries. Right. He is currently the king of. Right. Um, So he wants a single country, one crown, one parliament laws to be carried over in all of those places in 1604 he requests to be titled titled king of great britain and that is denied by parliament but homeboy just decides he wants to use that title anyway he decides that he's (laughs) the king of great britain okay uh parliament tells him that he 
whatever, call yourself whatever you want. You can't use that title in any legal proceedings in England. He forces the Parliament of Scotland to use it for everything. So in Scotland, he's the king of Great Britain, and in, in England, he's the king of England. Oh, my God. Because he can do whatever he wants. What a control freak. Yeah. 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 He's a control freak. That's he really is. what it comes down to. He's a paranoid control freak. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So on November 5th, 1605, Guy Fawkes is found under the Parliament houses with wood and barrels of gunpowder. Um, he had intended to blow up par- the Parliament houses while James was there and the Parliament was in session. That would make another good episode. Yes, it would. It really has. This is the only involvement of James in it is that he was going to be there. But I forgot that it happened while he was on the throne. Yeah. And I wanted to include it because I find the gunpowder plot interesting. Oh, it's very interesting. Remember, remember. Bonfire night. The 5th of November. <laughs> so... James has a terrible relationship with Parliament. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, England is facing like a lot of financial trouble. Um, and they have to deal with like the cost of the war that's now ended with Spain. And also James lives very lavishly and does not care. It is not very responsible with his money. <laughs> So that's, like, one whole thing that they're dealing with. And then the other problem is that James believes that he should have more authority than Parliament because he is the king. And he wants to just do whatever he wants. And so he doesn't want to deal with Parliament because he wants to just do whatever he wants. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) He regularly gets frustrated with Parliament when they disagree with him. And he'll just dismiss Parliament. Because the way Parliament works in England is weird. I don't totally understand it. They get called and then dismissed by the ruler. For different sessions. For different sessions. And they can be called for a really long time or a really short amount of time. as a whole thing. Um, He spends a ton of his reign ruling without a Parliament. Cool. Yeah, so there's no one to check him, essentially, is what that means, you know? Yeah, explains a lot. Yeah. So in the early 1600s, he, like, calls them and dismisses them a handful of times, and then he gets frustrated with them, and then for many, many years doesn't call them again. And we'll talk in a minute about when he calls them back up again. (laughs) Okay. Um, James attempts to find a source of income for the country because they have no money and they're paying off a war mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. by planning to marry his son Charles to Maria Anna of Spain. Uh, the Catholics and Catholic supporters in England, which there are not a lot of at this time, like this match, but it's very unpopular in Protestant England. People are like, not cool with this. It's yeah, because all work. of that did not stop with Elizabeth's death. No, it did friends. not. It got wild. Oh, yeah. And there's some of that that I didn't even write about because it was like way more church stuff than it was James stuff. But like, there's he, a lot that goes on. He had to um, write. He wrote a rule that was like an oath of loyalty to the king and saying that the pope didn't have any power over him and like yeah because that worked really well for henry eight yeah you. and everybody had to take the oath but james didn't like enforce it that heavily it was a whole thing he had a lot of stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> so james calls parliament into order in 1621 
to ask for funds to aid in his son-in-law's involvement in the Thirty Years' War that had just started up. So his son-in-law got removed from the throne and wanted to contest that and needed military aid, essentially. While in session, Parliament decides to deny James' requests because they don't have money to spend on a war. But then they instead decide to frame a petition to go to war with Spain. Oh, So they don't have money to do this. I mean, it was wise to not give James that money, but they also definitely don't have money to go to war. Okay. The logic (laughs) here was that Spain had a lot of gold and their ships had a lot of gold. And if we go and fight them, we'll get all that gold. It's not smart. Not wise. Um, Also, they probably didn't have as much gold as England thought they did. Oh, they definitely did not. They definitely (laughs) did not. Oh, no way. So this petition also calls for Charles to marry a Protestant. They Mm. do not want him marrying a Catholic. James tells them, don't interfere with what I'm doing, which is like... He just tells them, like, shut up. You can't do you can't do anything about it. Oh, my God. Parliament then issues a statement protesting their right to freedom of speech. And they're like, we can say whatever we want. And you have to listen to us because we're a governing body. James literally tears the protest out of the record book and then dissolves Parliament. He, like, in his anger, literally rips that page out of the record book. I'm and so stressed. tells them to leave, essentially. Oh, my God. Um, Parliament is called again two years later. In that time frame, Charles and somebody else went to visit Spain, and it didn't go well. And, like, <laughs> Charles I also has a lot of very str- – he had a strange rule, too. I mean, and so this is sort did. of – Let's just be honest. Yeah. So this is sort of the start of a lot of Charles's issues is this whole thing. Um, so Parliament is called again two years later, but James still refuses to start or fund a war with Spain, and then he'll, he just ends up dissolving them again. Nothing comes of it. P.S. Um, Charles still not married. Yes. So this whole thing, (laughs) he still didn't even get married to anybody. Eventually he gets married, but not to her. But not during this and not to the person that his father wanted him to marry. Yeah, no way. No way. There was no way that was going to happen with the um, environment in England at that time. He was not marrying a Catholic woman. (laughs) So dramatic. So that, like, is the biggest example of what James's rule and parliament was like. There were smaller, yeah, there were smaller versions of that, essentially, for several years. Every time he would call parliament, they would do something he didn't like, and he'd be like, leave. Don't want to deal with you anymore. Bye. (laughs) Okay. 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 He stresses me out. He's a very stressful man. Yeah. Let's talk about James, his favorites. Quote, unquote, favorites. His boyfriends. His boyfriends. Just call it what it is. Every single source I read about this had a portion called favorites. Because historians don't like to call people who are gay, gay. Well, and also, I think that was what they would have been referred to back then. They were. That it is. Because you would say the king's favorite. They said the same for mistresses. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yep. Except for historians just call mistresses mistresses. Yes. Oh, no. I don't disagree <laughs> with you. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one was Esme Stewart. We've already talked about him and his gross relationship that he had with James. Ugh. Um, In... 
1612, again, this is a pretty quick summarization because a lot of these things had a lot of names of people and a lot of government that I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> In 1612, the Earl of... Salisbury, who is mm-hmm. a government official, dies and leaves like a void in his absence. Uh, and James replaces him with one of his favorites, Robert Carr, who um, governs for a few years and like is fine. He sort of shells off all his responsibilities and doesn't really want to do anything, which is like typical. If you're in with the king, why would you not act yeah. like that? I mean, you shouldn't, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Around either 1614 or 1615, I couldn't find exactly a year, uh, Carr has an affair with Frances Howard, who is the Countess of Essex. And a woman. And a woman. Um, James helps her secure an annulment so she can marry Carr. And that's sort of the end of their romantic relationship, obviously. (laughs) Um, And around this time, James finds a new favorite, George Villers. Um... And I included this about Carr because I find this very interesting. In 1615, Francis and Robert Carr get arrested for the murder of another government official, Thomas Overbury, who um, Robert worked with when he was a government official. They they like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Big drama, big drama. Both um, of them, huh? Both of them. Isn't that interesting? That's I think interesting. I think Thomas and Robert might have had a relationship. And then No, I I'm talking about Francis. Yes, but then too. Robert got with Francis and they were like, we got to deal with this dude. I don't know. Oh, sure. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. Um James pardons Francis and commutes Robert's sentence from death and then eventually pardons him. But I was just like Oh my god, that's wild. That is wild. Um, and then George Villers, who is James's new boyfriend, um, <laughs> gets a lot of government power and has it for a long time. Like he right. he keeps it for a while. Of course, some historians say that James's relationship with his favorites weren't like sexual or that like, they weren't his boyfriends, essentially. <laughs> okay. Um they say like, oh, he has several children with Anne because he had and he had more children than were born and lived to a dollar. You know what I mean? Um, and? and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and they also say his job. Yeah, yeah. Right. To get and they also to a woman say and have children. Oh, in all of his religious writings, he writes about how sodomy is a crime, and it's like, <sighs> oh my god, I have two problems with that. First of all. <laughs> It's not sodomy if it's a consensual relationship. Mm -hmm. Fact. Secondly, have you ever heard of internalized homophobia? Yes. Or thirdly, have you ever heard of every king who says that they are connected directly to God who has a million mistresses? Yeah. So, like, just don't come at me with that nonsense. Um. It's just, like, not even worth writing it's, that. Yeah. It's, it's not a valid argument. I'm I know. sorry. Like, I understand historians have to be like, or it could have been blah, blah, blah. But it's just, like, there's no possible way. No. There's no way. There's no way. Um, I found this fact very fun. 
A restoration of Apethorpe Palace, undertaken in 2004 to 2008, revealed a previously unknown passage linking the bedchambers of James and Villers. So, like, tell me again. But they they weren't weren't lovers. (laughs) Yeah, they weren't lovers, though. They were just gal pals. They were just gal pals. They were just bros. Just gals being pals. (laughs) So funny. So, in the last few years of his life, James suffers from arthritis, gout, and kidney stones. Perfect Which is like, wow. Yeah. He, like, starts drinking a lot and apparently loses a lot of his teeth, I read, which is like, Hmm. sure, why not? It's a little bit in the family. (laughs) Um, During this time, his son Charles starts forming an alliance with the Duke of Buckingham. (gasps) I don't know. I just feel like that alliance is always dramatic, so... Just wanted to add the effect. Yeah. Um, the two of them take over most of James's duties at this point because he's just like not well enough to rule and Charles is getting the throne as soon as he dies anyway. So it's like they sort right. of start governing. Um, James dies of dysentery. On, on the Oregon Trail? I wish to God. No. On March 27th, <laughs> 1625 at... Theobald's house, which is his favorite com- country estate. Sure. Um, I can't believe he legitimately died of dysentery. I know, that's... It seems fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> his funeral takes place on May 7th, and he is buried in Westminster Abbey. They actually, like, didn't know the location of his tomb for a really long time, and only hey, kind of... are you of trying to steal my thing? Recently found it. <laughs> just kidding yeah i mean they knew it was in westminster abbey they just didn't know like where which one was his yeah and recently they found his and i think henry the seventh they like found them that sounds right to me next to each other i don't something like that he was mostly well liked by his people he was not like he had a pretty good i guess public image which is kind of wild because the life that he lived did not was not very conducive to that. Well, I feel like it makes sense because the whole witch, witch trials thing was like something for people to rally around. Oh, because yeah. people love finding like a common evil. And, and this is where the, the time period where the Puritans in England started gaining a lot of power. Yes. So they yeah. were very into that like resurgence was good for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, he left behind a very unstable government. Well, yeah. Uh, i.e. no government because he never let them govern um (laughs) and a terrible relationship between the king the church and the government for his son to deal with so it was like here you go charles here's the (laughs) good luck son see you never yeah he also like had made terrible financial decisions and so he left them in a pretty rough state um most histories You'll read of James, at least for a long time, most histories written about James were very anti-James. Like, (laughs) people were not so hot on him for a long time. Um, This quote says, James's taste for political absolutism, his financial irresponsibility, and his cultivation of unpopular favorites established the foundations of the English Civil War, which is probably true. Yeah, probably. I (laughs) wouldn't call him... I wouldn't call him a smart man. Oh, no. And I certainly wouldn't call him an effective ruler. No. I would call him fanatical. 
Yes. I think that is his, like, defining feature. Is the that he was a fanatic. Yeah. Yeah. And the fervor. And the belief that he was, for some reason, impenetrable by as king. While still constantly fearing for his life. It's, like, such a weird... Yeah. Such a weird thing. Yeah. I just find everything about him fascinating. Yeah. I find his childhood fascinating i find his obsessions fascinating and like his ability to both be like in a high position and be pretty openly gay not entirely but for that time period he really didn't care that much he was like whatever These he are didn't my hide it no he didn't yeah he didn't hide it he sounds like when you just like go over a view of James's life. He sounds like a character that is made up for a television or a movie. Yeah, he really does. He sounds like a so fake bonkers. king. Yeah. He sounds like all of the like tropes of a ruler. Yeah. Yes, he really does. Yeah. Kind of an idiot, but knows what they're doing <sighs> enough to like make some poor choices and like yeah. It's... Affect things. Yeah. 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 Well, should we do some autofill on our yeah, weird friend King it. James? So I did, was King James the first a good king? We always get this one. Mm, probably not. Probably not. I'm going to say definitely no. I highly doubt it. Uh, Protestant? Yes. Yeah, technically. Yeah. He didn't really take a firm stance, but yeah. Well, he t- took a firm stance on religion in general, but not really one way or the other. On the Protestant versus Catholic lines. Yeah. He yeah. Really he w- I mean, he was Protestant, but he wasn't, he didn't hate Catholics. Like a lot of well, Protestants Well, we were kind of past then. the point of one trying to scourge England of the other. Like mm-hmm. there were definitely still tensions, but like. Yeah. It wasn't about eradicating the opposite group anymore so much. So. Thanks to Elizabeth, by the way. Uh, was King James Scottish? He was mm-hmm. originally Scottish. Well, he yeah, he's Scottish. Yeah. Um, this by, one <laughs> not necessarily by where he ended up, but yeah, he's yeah. Scottish. This one says, "Was King James sixteen eleven black?" What? I don't know what that means. What? I don't know why the year was specified. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Why does it come up like first? People, I'm confused. I I am too. Some people, I guess, think that King James was black? Question mark. No, no. Hold on. Now, what I pulled up was the Black King, King James. Yeah, so maybe I'm it was like a nickname or a. Had that too. What? We got confused and had to do some research. Sorry. I don't, I don't know what this means. I don't either. I'm so perplexed by this. I have no idea what this means. I am too. Can anybody help us with this? <laughs> Do you know what this means? Huh. Maybe there is like a theory that. There he... definitely, there's a theory that he was black, Okay. I guess. I don't know why that theory would exist though, because we know who his parents are. Yeah. I have no idea. And we know ethnically where he came from so i don't i don't get this me either okay well that was sufficiently confusing yes it sure was let's move on (laughs) yes what's another good phrase for our google search did king james did king james 
Did King James wrote the Bible? <laughs> did, did he wrote it? Did King, did King James wrote the Bible? No. He didn't. Did he commission a translation of the Bible? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, did all, he wrote it? No. All of these ones are about the Bible. Okay. Wrote the Bible, changed the Bible, absolutely Changed the Bible, yes. Uh-huh. Rewrite the Bible, no. Translate the Bible, he had people do that for him. Right, he didn't really do any of the work. Alter the Bible for sure. Yep, absolutely, hundo percent. Add to the Bible, also for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of these are to do with changing the name Jacob to James, oh, which I had never heard before, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, interesting. Believe in God. He sure did. Wow, super And he was terrified. Yeah. 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 King well, James. today we found out that King James did wrote the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic. That was so good. That was good. That was pretty good. All right. Well, that's, that's King James one. for you. That's King James. And I've now given myself a lot of work because I mentioned like three things I was going to do an episode on in this episode. <laughs> you sure did. So maybe one of those next time. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll Who find out. knows? <laughs> it was very weird for me to be doing um, an English ruler because I'm just so used to you doing I it. I usually do that. And you have yeah. a way better handle on all of the like english rule stuff well yeah i mean it's not amazing but better (laughs) than mine (laughs) but you you're very interested in king james i am i he's away from you so strange (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i'll definitely have other english monarchs to talk about yeah sure well listeners if you um have suggestions for other things you'd like us to talk about besides the english monarchy or maybe more parts of the english monarchy um or if you have questions or comments etc etc you can email us at remember that pod at gmail.com um or you can tweet at us at rtt pod we love it when people tweet about the show yeah um and hey while you're at it if you could throw us a rating on itunes yeah that would be great or recommend us to your friends that would also be great. Um, if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at the real Anna Webb, and I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. So you have not picked a topic for next no. time. That's no. fine. <laughs> I'll pick one soon. Yeah, we we don't always have to be on top of it, and usually we, we are aren't. almost never on top. Of usually it. we aren't. All right. Well then. Until next time, remember that time.